And welcome to Middle Class Film Class Podcast. My name is Joseph. I'm Tyler. And I'm Peter. And this week, the Wheel of Destiny landed on my pick, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. We built these ships. In the San Francisco they never knew existed. I always come back to the old house. What if it's empty? What if we just peeked inside? We could throw parties. You can put on one of your plays. We can yell. It is this house. Our house. That's not your old house and that's not your neighborhood. And that's it. Mm. I, Spoilers. I, th- I, I feel like you can tell how affected we are by this film. We haven't, said, okay, we, we haven't said a goddamn word yet. <laughs> that, that's exactly just my point. Just because okay. it's happening inside your head. Okay, That's exactly my point. Is we didn't talk all right, through the okay. trailer. All right, all right, we're getting a little feisty. <laughs> we're literally not even two minutes in. <laughs> so, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, a movie that I've been wanting to watch since I saw the, tra- the first trailer for this movie. Um, and I'm finally glad that I finally watched it. And I'm, and I'm doing it in a review on a podcast uh, on the 57th episode. <laughs> this is yes. a podcast? Wait a minute. What are these things? People are listening. What is this in front of my face? Um, <laughs> the, yeah. But but before we begin, I just want to bring attention to something. Um, it is October now, specifically. It's October 3rd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you're not listening to this on, on October 3rd. You're, we are recording this on October 3rd. It would be really weird if someone is listening to this <laughs> October 3rd, 2021. We Hackers. Can, we can only, yeah, we can only do this one, the lit- time. literally once a year. <laughs> this is the, literally the only day we could use that drop. <laughs> um, but th- thank you for using the drop. Yeah. Appreciate that. Um, so let's, we will get into the movie, uh, but first. Find some charity, you lad. Now's the time for dab and chatter. Oh, boy. Okay, so uh, Tyler, do you want to start with the discussion, or do you want to save that for last? I uh, I think I will save it for last, but I do want to go first in <laughs> my discussion. So, uh, uh, Joseph, what <laughs> do you have for uh, movie news? Oh, okay. So, so you, I'm I'm very confused. Are you okay, Tyler? <laughs> yes, I'm fine. Okay. I, I, I don't okay. Do you want to go first or do you want to go last? No, I want to go last. I, I, that's literally what I just said. I want to go last <laughs> and first. Okay. That's this is a Schrodinger's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll just I'll just read my news stories. Go ahead. So I got a few things, quite a few things. Um I thought this was kind of kind of a funny thing. I'm pretty sure it's a serious <laughs> movie mm-hmm. a serious thing that's a project that's happening okay <laughs> but so american history x director tony k is lining up to direct african history y <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a huge mistake wow uh, this is what we all wanted <laughs> Um, I feel I feel like that's something that someone said in his like friend group drunkenly one day <laughs> 
And he's like, you know what? African history, why? That actually, you know what? I think we could do that with today's climate. Um, yeah. So I th- <laughs> the, the title was just funny. Just wait, wait. It, the African history, why? Is uh, there a plot to this uh, film that he's I supposedly think so. directing? There, there's a cast, at least. Um, that sounds very titillating. With <laughs> the, the first person, uh, the first name that comes up is uh, Digimon Hunsu. Digimon Hunsu? What? Gima, I think it's Gimon, Digimon. Oh, Gimon. Gimon. Gimon Hunsu. Um, Come on, be sensitive. Yeah, yeah, he will star in this movie called African History Y. And oh, okay. It's, I don't have no idea what else about it, but um, it's, I guess Hunsu is saying that African history, why could not have come at a better time as I explore bringing more extraordinary African stories to the world. What do you think the K in Tony K stands for? Uh, <laughs> Tony K. K. What's one K? Blue Cux Clan. That's what it stands he for. No, 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 no. You can't do that. It's Tony K only. <laughs> it's not K A Y E. Maybe just it's Tony to- K. Maybe it's Tony Collette. Oh, <laughs> um, so that that's there was kind of just a humorous that thing. I don't think it's a humorous movie, but it's just a funny title. If for, it's anything like the original, it's going to be hilarious. I mean, be black the, and white. The director of American History X is known to be sort of like the author of um, American Psycho, Brett Easton Ellis. Yeah, oh, who, a similar type of person. Yeah, oh, okay. who is who is just kind of like in his own world and he's going to see a doucher yeah yeah kind of bro you heard it here first guys him him k's a doucher yeah there i i don't know if you guys are familiar with the conflict of edward norton and the director of american history x but there is a lot we talked about it yeah we've we've mentioned it he basically took over the production or the exactly and post-production so i'm really Cautiously optimistic of what he will bring to this film. It's going to be like, um, what's it called? The 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 inverse uh, to like the KKK. It's like not black, not Black Panthers, but um, what's it called? I can't remember. You watched that documentary? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but there is a movement Mm -hmm. that is like almost like the KKK, but with black people. Hmm. Well. I mean, well, we'll, we we shall see. African history, why? We'll keep on the all right. Keep a lookout. Um, This this one was also humorous. Uh, David Fincher made Gary Oldman nervous by requesting no makeup tricks for his next movie. (laughs) You just gotta be old Gary. You just gotta go all natural, and that made (laughs) Gary Oldman nervous. Like what? I gotta just be myself. (laughs) That's funny. Hey, what? What? I mean, what is this film? What what is this film that he's proposing to uh, uh, old Gary Oldman? Um, it's I think it's like a uh, like a based on a true event. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Mank, which is short for it's it's a bank for just mattresses. It's yeah. a, mank, a mank, a mank. It's where, it's where you put your mattresses when you don't need them. Oldman stars in Mank as Herman J. Mankowitz. 
that's the, that's the mattress. The, that's the, a mattress the, salesman. The Oscar-winning right screenwriter for Orson Welles' Citizen Kane. Yeah, I was gonna say I've heard of Mankiewicz before. I don't that, know what he does. Oh, that, this, that this piece is of, already that, an elimination that, for Joseph uh, right here. Piece of shit movie, Citizen yeah. Kane. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, which boasts a script by David Fincher's late father, Jack. Hmm. What? That's cool. It follows Mankiewicz as he battles personal demons and overcomes pr- professional obstacles in the pursuit of finishing the Citizen Kane script. Ugh. Do you think Gary Oldman changed his name to Oldman after he reached his 40th birthday? He was Gary Gary Youngman before? <laughs> no, he was an yeah. old man ever since he was in his early 20s when he first started in his uh, he became film a, career. He's he was, like, I'm going to be an old man. Um. This one was kind of. I, I these are all humorous, I guess. Um, <laughs> Netflix bringing the hot topics. So, uh, Anola Holmes is a new movie yeah, on I've Netflix. Heard of it? It's a. It's like a, a spinoff of Sherlock of it's Holmes. It's about kind of is a spinoff. It's about it? his niece. Yeah, it's his niece. niece. Starring, it's a good goddamn about it. Millie Bobby Brown and uh, Henry Cavill Ugh. as Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Ugh. <laughs> easy, easy. Tyler's yeah. rage. Where is it? Yeah, yeah, you wait. <laughs> Um, so oh my God. It, the estate for Sherlock Holmes, like the rights, uh-huh. which is the Holmes, not the Holmes family, but whoever uh, wrote this. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, I think. Yes, you got it right. Arthur, Arthur. I mean, I don't know. Arthur Conan Doyle um, is, they're suing Netflix because they made the, per- <laughs> Henry Cavill's portrayal of Sherlock is too loving in the movie. What? Yeah. How can you, well. They too have, loving. They have the rights and the portrayal of the character of Sherlock Holmes is too, not, not to their. I'd be curious to see like if once you sell the rights to make the movie, don't you release your rights to like dictate how it's portrayed? Unless he's like outright like a Nazi sympathizer or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, that, yeah, that, the, that's strange. The the, le- strange. the legal action argues that Cavill's version of the legendary detective showing warmth and affection to his sister infringes <laughs> on their copyright as all previous Holmes tales had depicted him as cold and unfeeling, mm. much like Benedict Cumberbatch in Sherlock, who's mm. very much cold. Mm. That's so <laughs> strange that, yeah. that that they're suing I don't know. for his yeah, portrayal of his sister. Yeah, I don't know how how much how well it's going to pan out for them. Um yeah, I don't I could I could care less about another Sherlock. I haven't seen any of Hol- Sherlock the Cumberbatch yeah, version. Sherlock I haven't content. seen Yeah, I haven't seen the RDJ version. I haven't seen any of it. Oh, the the Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Sherlock. Yeah. The show the the show is good. The BBC show is pretty good. It's literally 3 episodes per season. And each episode is an hour and a half long. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, the first two seasons are good at least. Hmm. Um, and then I have another list. Another, another, oh, list. another, another list. Another worst to best list. This is every Saturday Night Live movie oh, ranked that's from not bad. worst to best. Some of these I've never even heard of. Okay. Let me see at the bottom. It's Pat. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I've never heard of that movie. I knew that right off the bat. That's awesome. Coneheads is probably near the bottom, too. Uh, Blues Brothers 2000, number 13. All right. That was 14. It starts at 14 for some reason. Okay. I guess they're just doing all of I them. Did, so it's Pat really was 14? Yeah. All right. Superstar, <laughs> number yeah, 12. Yeah, bad. Night at the Roxbury, 11. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I feel like, you know, it's fun. It's fine. It's funny. The yeah. Ladies' Man, 10. Ladies' Man should be way below. Mr. Saturday Night, number 9. I don't remember that one. Billy right. Crystal movie. <laughs> 
Um, Stuart saves his family. Oh my gosh, I'm that I, I that should be fourteen. Harold Ramis's follow up to Groundhog Day. Oh, that was oh, just the movie he made after. Stuart saves yeah. his family. Yeah. Oh come on, you go make Groundhog Day and then you make that movie. <laughs> Number seven, Coneheads. Okay. I like I like Coneheads. It yeah. just was I mean, it was wasn't, right. wasn't amazing. Which is streaming, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I, liked, I liked it. On Direct TV? No, Netflix. <laughs> Number six, Wayne's World 2. Mm. Oh, okay. So they left Wayne's World off the list, clearly. <laughs> Five, Gilda Live. Gilda Live? I'm no, I don't know what that character it's got is. Never heard Gilda, of that. Gilda Radner, she's an actual act, actress. She was one of the one of the Saturday Night players. Probably was like a stand-up special, maybe. I didn't know. Mm. Well, I didn't know that this was an SNL movie, Office Space. Number Office four. Space is a. Mm. Before Mike Judge was the guy who made Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill, <coughs> he got an early gig animating shorts for SNL, including a series about a mumbling office worker named Milton. Hmm. I feel like the big stretch there. It's, yeah, it's <clears throat> kind of like it's, it, I don't Milton's think, not the main character. It's in not that. a Lauren Michaels production. Yeah, yeah I how get, can it be a Saturday Night Live movie if it's not Lauren Michaels? They're, they're, yeah, they're they're doing a. Who's this website? Like uh, Screen Crush. Oh, Screen Crush. Number three. <laughs> Okay. Wayne's World. All right. Wow. Number well, two, MacGruber. I was going to say, MacGruber's got to be in the top two. Number one, the Blues Brothers. This might be blasphemy. I think MacGruber's far better than Blues Brothers. Sure. I, I don't see the appeal of Blues Brothers, <clears throat> honestly. Wayne's World's number one. Yeah. Then MacGruber. What I will say about Wayne's World is that it's more so a movie on its own rather than being associated with Saturday. Obviously, if you're... The character, if, the character is an SNL character, yeah, just like you, MacGruber. Yeah, it does not exist without the, the, the sketches. But as far as being a standalone movie, Wayne's World works without the SNL clout. Yeah, they, I, 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 so does MacGruber. I, I kind of get what you mean. Yeah, MacGruber works too. It's um, either one and two yeah, in, but our, you can, in our hearts. You enjoy it. A lot more if you have the context. I think uh, I never saw a single Wayne's World episode. Me, me either. Before the movie, I've never. Even and then, <laughs> and MacGruber, I had seen all of the episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wayne's World was come down, Vicky. Was chilled the rail. Was it was a childhood <laughs> movie favorite of mine. <laughs> yeah, for, uh, and I did sure. not know it was a sketch on SNL. I did not even know about SNL. The movie was so much better than the sketches. Um, Absolutely, and Wayne's World too. It's pretty good too. Yeah, one of the one of the best uh, comic sequels alongside Ace Ventura when Nature Calls. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I have. Um, Pete, what do you got? Um, I have one story coming from James Cameron. You guys, yes, you guys ever heard of James Cameron? Oh, I think he is. Uh, oh, doing Jim Boy, like uh, five Avatar movies. He's the guy or that, something. He's the guy with the submarine. He made Alien. Is. He he was aliens. Uh, yeah aliens yeah aliens Leviathan <coughs> Leviathan Abyss the Abyss uh, the Abyss a, yeah, yeah that, that was a joke actually the Abyss will come in uh, a little bit later in the movie or in the in the episode what yes okay um, so James Cameron confirms that a- a- Avatar two the secret of the ooze <laughs> filming is 100 percent complete filming wow it says uh, good for him. COVID hit us like it hit everybody. We lost about four and a half months of production, but we're done. Yeah. We just said we were done. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah, we got enough. They just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we uh, edited out the whole third act. <laughs> Trust me, it still works. And we're making another movie. <laughs> yes. Lean Dion does a soundtrack again. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, I know we talked briefly about um, Borat mm. in uh, previous episodes, and I said it, there is a possibility they could be surprise dropped on us at any given moment. Well, the trailer was dropped this week, and it was revealed that Sasha Baron Cohen was the Trump impersonator at the February Mike Pence uh, speech. Mike uh, Penis. Yeah, and uh, carrying a real doll <laughs> over his shoulder like a passed out woman. And no one knew exactly who it was who crashed the, the speech, but it, in, the, in the trailer it was Sacha Baron Cohen playing Borat. <clears throat> in disguise. In as, disguise, as, dressed as Trump. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Baron Cohen, dressed as Borat, dressed as Trump. I saw the trailer for the new Borat movie because I was initially skeptical of having a sequel to Borat. <clears throat> I was like, how can you do Borat? Because Sasha Baron Cohen is, he made Everybody Borat. Everybody knows Borat now. Yeah, he made Borat. But in the trailer, they acknowledge that. Everybody they, knows that it's him. Yeah, so he goes into different ex- uh, disguises. Yeah, he's kind of doing his This Is America. Yeah. He's combining Borat and his This Is America show. It's, it is interesting to hear him do an impression of an um what's, what's his country Kazakhstan? Kazakhstani Kazakhstan. person yeah. doing an american accent which is pretty funny accents upon accents that's so that seems hard to do <laughs> yeah um but anyways I'll, I'll watch anything that he does he's fantastic and before the movie there was mo- many 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 episodes of uh borat playing doing interviews with people in on the Ali G show. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. So I mean, it, it does just the nature of react uh, interacting with the general public lends itself to being able to do multiple. Um, it was movies. more the Ali G show was more of a it was pretty niche mm-hmm. uh, yes. humor. Yeah, at was, the time, it, yeah, I, there was not a lot like it. Plus, it's British, so I, yeah. I would say it's still niche. Um, even if you, it's more recognizable now, though. Yeah. Um, well. You want to say something about uh, Borat? Because I had another story. I was just all I was gonna say was that I think it's incredible that a lot of top Republicans are freaking out right now with no description. And I was thinking because of the movie, yeah. they, <laughs> they 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 realize they're like, oh my god, that's that 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 fat guy in a, in a disguise suit. They. <laughs> Did an interview and I, I, oh my god! What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> well, what I am talking about is a uh, top political. Uh, we don't need to get political on this. No, it's not political. This movie podcast. No, no, no. I'm not getting political. It's more so that the Say top your joke. Poli- it, it there's no joke. <laughs> it's just more so that the top political uh, players. I did an interview with Sasha Baron Cohen without realizing it, and then this trailer dropped, and they all freaked out and got COVID. <laughs> I did not see this coming at all. I did not either. <laughs> all right. Well, for our next news story. Oh, there's more? I'm holding in my hand the latest issue of uh, Time Magazine, Top 100 Most Influential People uh, episode. <clears throat> Issue. Yeah, uh, yeah, issue. That's what they call it. (laughs) Physical media. Okay, well, how does this relate to... uh... 
So there's all the Movies. All, all the big people that you would imagine, you know. Uh, Oprah Winfrey. Uh, no, actually, Tyler Perry, uh, written by... Jean-Claude Van Damme. Tyler Perry uh, was chosen by Oprah Winfrey. She did a little piece on him. They got um, they got Biden in here, Trump, Anthony Fauci. Wait, Fauci. hold on, Biden? Wait, yes. these are the most... Trump? These are... Tyler. <laughs> these are the most influential people in America today, uh, one, one way or the okay. other. They are. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and even goes so far as uh, naming... Giannis Antetokounmpo, a uh, by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a basketball player, which is he influential maybe to some um, <laughs> basketball but, players. But the, I thought was interesting is Michael B. Jordan is singled out as one of the top 100 <laughs> most influential people. Wait, Michael year. Jordan? Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. A fame, <laughs> a fame of uh, Space Jam. No, Fruitvale Station, uh, Black, Black Panther, Black Panther, um, and the rest. So, <laughs> uh, Creed, yeah, Creed, 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 Mercy. Creed Two, <laughs> um, and then another another really uh, nice addition was um, uh, Bong Chung Ho, was um, oh nice, yeah, he was he was named as one of the most influential people that I thought was uh, that was pretty fantastic. He deserves that. Yeah, he's great. I mean, he's been he's got a great catalog. He's just now coming to the uh, forefront, but uh, that was written that um, article was written by Tilda Swinton, which I thought was kind of cool. Oh. All these, all these people that were chosen as the top. An 100. actor, of course. Yes, <laughs> I think she's probably some sort of an angel or devil. I thought or something. Wayne Gretzky would nominate <laughs> Bong Joon Ho. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Foxworthy doing a write up on Bong Joon Ho. Um, anyway, so that's uh, that's my uh, couple of stories. Tyler, what do you have for us? Um, so, as for the uh, spirit of Gabin chattering, uh, as have I done for. I don't know, past five episodes? What have have you? (laughs) I have a discussion to to discuss. I have questions to ask our audience and to the uh, lovely, uh, you know, uh, host that we have here. (laughs) Out with it, lad. What is the biggest twist in a movie? Biggest twist. Biggest twist or favorite twist? Best Biggest favors, <clears throat> most unexpected twist. Yeah, twist in a movie that you had. <clears throat> I'm gonna start off. Well, before you start, I I need to say, uh, we are uh, we're a bunch of amateurs on this show, a couple of uh, rookies, and How we dare we, you. We didn't post the the question last oh, <laughs> right. last week's question yeah. of uh, uh, what's what's your what 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 character was perfectly cast in a movie. We had yeah. a spirited discussion on this podcast, and then we did not post it on the Facebook. So. <laughs> like a bunch of idiots. So we're trying to do something new and, and get a regular interaction with the audience. So we apologize. We failed, but this week we will do best twists. So I'm ty- a good goddamn. You don't care uh, about. Oh, look at this man of the people. <laughs> Doesn't even care about the listeners. No, they they, they listen and they consume. Hey, homeless Joe, what movie should we watch? Let's watch Holes. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Tyler. Okay, so uh, my favorite twist in a movie is The Departed. And the specific scene is the very ending scene where... Spoilers. Ahead. Spoilers ahead. There's no spoilers. It's ahead. a twist. It's literally a twist. I, I, if you haven't seen The Departed, don't listen to this show. Um, I gotta take out my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen The Departed? As uh, kind of, <laughs> I, I won't know what you're talking about. Oh my fuck! I know everybody. I know. Ev- I know everybody dies. Oh my good lord! Go ahead, okay. Go ahead, well, okay. So at the end of the movie, Matt Damon he has a bag of groceries in his hand. He goes into his apartment. 
Who does he see when he opens up his apartment door? Marky Mark. Uh-huh. Shoots him in the goddamn head. That's uh, a twist? That's that, not a twist. That is a twist. Because it's just a you, surprise thing. What? The, I remember the, the elevator scene. Well, that, that's... That's also a surprise and not that, a twist. That's surprise. Then, no, that is a twist because throughout the whole movie of The but, Departed, you don't, you, you don't have Mark yeah. Wahlberg in your mind. He's, he's one of the main characters. No, he isn't. Yes, he is. No, he is. He's, he's Mark just, Wahlberg. He's just as much of a character as Martin Sheen's character is. Every time he's on screen, he's on screen. What? Okay. Well, I stop. <laughs> what the fuck? Stop plugging holes in my twist. Okay. Okay. Great Mark twist. Is, it is a twist, okay. and especially it, it's a very Scorsese twist too. I think the twist is that oh, he did uh, direct it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very Scorsese twist. More Mark Scorsese. <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna say the twist that um, that is there a Nick, twist in the movie? Jack Nicholson is actually a federal informant. Well, that's what. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really good too. But what affected me more what? when I <laughs> when I first watched The Departed is Mark Wahlberg being in that apartment <laughs> in the very end. I didn't know that. The Jack Nicholson part. He's like. He's, Matt Damon's like, listen, okay. Beep. And he gets yeah. Shot. Oh yeah. <laughs> I yeah. That that's that surprising. That's okay. So now I'm thinking. I kind of rethinking. But it, it is a twist though, because throughout mm. the whole you didn't expect it. Well, I mean, I can go through the context of no, Mark no, no, no. Wahlberg. We've all we've all, see, we've all seen The Departed. Okay. Well, so more or less, Mark Wahlberg <laughs> being the actual rat is that is the twist. He's not, because he's not the rat, though. He's yes. he's playing for the good guys. No, no, he kills no, no. the rat. No, 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 no. What? What are you talking Matt Damon, about? Matt Damon's the rat. Mark Wahlberg kills him because he finds out he's the rat. <laughs> no, oh, what? Mark Mark Wahlberg is the rat. This he's is killing spicy. the spicy. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Mark Wahlberg. I, I is feel not like the I rat. have to put the departed on the wheel now, so we can have a whole discussion about it. <laughs> okay, listeners, who is the rat? Yeah, who's the rat in the departed? I, Mark I, Wahlberg. I have no idea. I can't believe this. I can't believe that I'm even being a I'm challenged. A, I'm the on outsider this. here. All right. Well, <laughs> what, drunk. what? That's absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. True. Who, I don't know no, who to I, believe. I feel like I should believe. Hold, hold on. We need to. Can, um, can we, we phone a friend? Do you have the? Yeah. Do you have the phone on? No, I don't. Can we? Can we pause for one second? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, 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 this may sound like a surprise to you, but The Departed is Brianna's favorite movie. Okay. Okay, so we're well, this is not planned. This is in a spur of the moment because of uh, this recent revelation. Heated discussion. We're gonna give a call my uh, to my beloved soul, <laughs> I can't believe soulmate it. Brianna. We could have just looked this up on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whose favorite movie is The Departed? I can't believe this. Hold on, hold on. I swear to God. So who's the rat? Mark Wahlberg or Matt Damon? It's Mark Wahlberg for Christ's sakes. Celebrity death match. Remember that. Celebrity Deathmatch <laughs> with Judge Mills Lane. Yeah, <laughs> never heard of it. Hello, hello, darling. Hello. <clears throat> I need. I have a, a very important question for you. Uh, okay. It's only one right answer. <laughs> You're on the Tyler, air. Shut the fuck up. You're on the air, by the way. <laughs> oh, You're, okay. What's I, up? Um, as I know, because I love you dearly, and I pay attention to everything that you say. The Departed is your favorite movie, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, and um, Tyler is under the impression that Mark Wahlberg is the rat in The Departed. Is that true? No. <gasps> <laughs> Furthermore, who is the rat in The Departed? 
uh, Matt Damon. <gasps> wow. <laughs> so then, so at the very end, because... Uh, well, actually, technically, Leonardo DiCaprio is the rat because they think that he's working with the gangsters, but in reality, he's working for the police. They're both rats in their own right for their yeah. opposite side. Yes. So, yeah, they're both rats. So Tyler says that when Mark Wahlberg comes in and kills Matt Damon, it's because Mark Wahlberg was the rat the whole time. Um, no. Mark, I think Mark Wahlberg kills him because Cause he, finds he out realizes he's the rat. that, yeah, he knows he's the rat and justice isn't going to be taken because he gets away with it. So Mark Wahlberg goes in and takes care of business. Tyler's furiously shaking his mustachioed head right now. <laughs> uh, he can, but I've seen this movie like a million times. So. No, I, I, I can't believe it. No, Mark Wahlberg was always in the pocket of uh, uh, Jack Nicholson. He was, he was the fall guy. They never even had any interactions together. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. It was off camera. I don't know who to believe. Well, if it's off camera, they didn't have any interactions together. Just off this camera. Is, how do we? This is yeah. This is going to be the, our homework uh, this week for, oh for the class. Lord. <laughs> is the Departed streaming it. anywhere? No, but I have it on Blu-ray. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> Incredible oh, film. You know, and it might be on HBO. But you know what? I can see where you're coming from, but it's not because he hated Matt Damon so much and he knew he was a rat. And there's like even one point where he's like, I'm going to fucking get you. And then he gets fired because of some bullshit. But that's so the point. That, 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 that's the point, though, yeah. is that is that uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg, he knew that he was the rat the whole time. Uh, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg was the was the in. <sighs> no, the, no, because they don't tell any of the other gang members who the rats are. So he wasn't. The only other rat was the guy who was working with the police department and he'd been working with the gangsters for like years. And as he's dying, he tells Leonardo DiCaprio that he knows. There's two, con- I- there's two confirmed rats on each side. Um, Anthony, what's his name? The, uh, the guy at the end in the elevator, the chubby, chubby black actor. Anthony, oh, yeah. Anthony, uh, what's his name? He's in Transformers. Is he a rat? Yeah, he's a rat. He's a rat because he kills the dude at the end. <clears throat> No, that's because I think he thought that, um, like, cause oh, he was just because just because he was being held because he was being held at gunpoint, essentially, to a police officer. Yeah, okay. and then another right, guy right, comes right. in and kills him, and then Matt Damon kills that guy after like wiping off the gun. This is fascinating. All right, well, we got we got the professional's perspective. Um, we're we're Jack, Tyler's going to watch this because it is streaming on Amazon Prime right now. Oh, so Tyler, okay. this is your homework. I'll check it out too. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, thank you, darling. I love you madly. Never leave me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Well, that was so. Fun. There you go, Tyler. <laughs> God damn it! No, we're <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That's great. Oh, you know what? We're not even talking about the last black man in San Francisco. We're <laughs> talking about the Departed now. Oh uh, Jesus! Well, only two of us in this room have seen. It. All right, to, well, enough to talk about it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Fine. What, what? Uh, uh, Pete? What? What is your favorite twist in a movie? Biggest twist. What My favorite twist you? is this conversation that just happened right, now, <laughs> right in front of me. <laughs> Um, I'd say, I mean, I gotta say usual suspects. That's, that's a pretty damn good one. I I went into it not knowing anything about it. I guess we should not say what the twist is. I won't say, I won't say. And I, no, 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 no. No, we are saying the twist because the twist of this, (laughs) the twist of these movies, they've already been out. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't. I'm not going to spoil. I'm not going to spoil it for the audience. The the, The audience. No, 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 no. The audience should already know. 
They already should know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not all gonna. Right, fine. Assert, all right. Fine. All right. All right. Just because I've seen a movie doesn't mean I'm assuming everybody. Everybody else has. Has seen. All right. Yeah, have it the your way. Usual suspects. Uh, I've heard the the name Kaiser Soze before, and I didn't know what it was or who he was. And that when, sounds familiar. When the reveal happened, I was like, "Oh, that's nice." <laughs> <laughs> that, I was like, like Kevin that's, Pollack. That's why you're actually. Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> me, uh, I was. That's, I, all, that's I, all I got. That's my. Own, yeah, that's the only one that comes to mind. I mean, well, me, a, I, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, there was a. I mean, there's more, but uh, yeah, yeah, there but, is more. This one's. A, this one was kind of like tough because I had to like differentiate between like what's at, what dictates an actual twist mm-hmm. in a movie. You know, well, well, it's, it's like the whole time, you know, like the sixth sense. That's sure. The whole time. That's that's the point that I'm trying to say on Wikipedia. A plot twist is defined as a literary technique introduced a, to introduce a radical change in a direction or unexpected outcome of a plot in a work of fiction. When it happens near the end of a story, it's known as a twist or a surprise ending. Yeah. A plot twist, a plot twist may be foreshadowed to prepare the audience to accept it. Yeah. Um, so I got quite a few. <laughs> Um, Arrival, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Arnold Sch- Ar- in Total Recall, uh, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. My name is not Quaid. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> I'm a I'm a police officer, you idiot. So yeah, <laughs> Arrival. Yeah, that was, um, I, that was a great. That was a really great review. Yeah, that was I was good. like, holy fuck, uh, it's happened. Oh, she chose to do it fuck. anyways. Um, she had the baby. Interstellar. <laughs> Interstellar is a good twist. Yeah, that. I, well, yeah, okay. It's a twist. I was your ghost. Scream. That was pretty good. 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 Good Good one. Uh, The Prestige. You did your homework. The Prestige. The Clones. Memento. Oh, that was. The whole movie is a plot twist. Every scene is a plot twist. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The whole movie is a plot twist. Speaking of Bong Joon-ho, Parasite, and Mother. Yeah, Parasite was good. Oh. Good, good, Good reveal. Mother. Oh, oh, uh, I have an addition now. Uh, old boy. Uh, oh, great twist. Old oh, boy. Ooh. Yeah, yeah uh, that was a, a hard loving one. father. And uh, <laughs> a, a classic uh, slasher movie, Sleepaway Camp. Oh, my God. Oh, great oh, call. I'll yes. raise you this. I love this movie. Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah. The, it's a good the, one. The original one. Yeah, the first one. Which is not streaming anywhere. No, it isn't. But uh, Friday the 13th part six is... Oh, yeah, yeah, the best one. I think Jason X is the best one. Okay, okay. Jason goes to space. I feel like we need. To, I, I, I feel like we need to have two episodes per week for when we go into these discussions. Jason X, are you god? You gotta be goddamn kidding me, Jason uh, X. I am. And um, identity. Which one's that? Uh, John Cusack. Serial killer motel uh, movie. I didn't see that oh, one. yeah. It's, it's kind of it's it's unfortunate the way they reveal the twist because it could have been so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, like they could have like waited until the end of the movie, mm-hmm. um, which there is still a twist at the end of the movie. Um, but yeah, check it out. Identity. It's a good like kind of mystery uh, thriller movie. And John Cusack. Shutter Island. Yeah, Shutter Island is good. That's a. I, I, that one didn't like. I, I wasn't blown away when it happened. It kind of was like no. It's kind of expected. Assumed that it's more. It's happening. more of the weight of what's gonna happen sure. to Leo. <laughs> yeah, you know. And it's like even like when I first saw it uh, and I got out of the theater, I was like, "What 
exactly is going to happen. Wait, you saw Shutter Island in theaters? Yes. Nice. Nice. There nice. are theaters nice. with movies playing in them. <laughs> there, well, at least there was. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's a good. That's a good list. You got, you got some good ones. I didn't prepare really nearly as much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, that's all I got. All right. Cool. Uh, um, I think uh, we're gonna get into some streaming picks. Yes. Stream picks now, uh, Tyler. What do you I, got? Okay. So I have one of my favorite horror movies because we're in the month of October. I'm gonna try to do spooky horror movies for my streaming picks for this whole month so my first streaming pick for this october month is maniac starring elijah wood oh, which yeah. is streaming. that's one of your favorite horror movies uh, yes it is actually because maniac was a early 80s slasher film that didn't really catch the crowd didn't really catch ground but when you watch the remake of it, oh my god! How I've seen it? It's pretty good. It, how they just extrapolated on the concept of the original idea. What was different about the remake than the original? So the original was more so emotional rather than. So the original was a slasher movie essentially, but the original uh, the remake was more so about the emotional connection that the killer Elijah Wood had to his work. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more engaging. Where's the streaming? It's streaming on Amazon Prime. Um, it's it's kind of, it, it's interesting because it's almost like a first person film for- It is like, a first person film. It is. For, yeah. yeah, well, for 75% of the movie is first person. <laughs> Um, streaming on Amazon Prime, high, high, high recommend. It's not gory. It's, it's, little, it's a little slow, but it's very suspenseful. Yeah, it's not gory. It's not, you know, it's not horrific, but it's really, it's it's kind of hard to explain. It's just really suspenseful, like you said, Pete. Like it, it's it's a really fascinating movie. Uh, Maniac, cool. Streaming on Amazon Prime. All right. Uh, I got a couple of picks. I watched a really f- kind of a fun. It wasn't the best movie, but it was fun enough, and I think that's worth it's worth uh, bringing up. Um, on Netflix called Vampires vs. the Bronx. It's from, what? from this year, twenty twenty. Sounds like an okay movie. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's basically it's a it's a scary movie for kids. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's PG thirteen. Um, <laughs> this is a Netflix original. I don't know if it's a Netflix. No, I don't think so. I don't think it, I don't think it is. It might be. Um, <clears throat> but Method Man's in it. Oh, cool! <laughs> and so is uh, Chris Red from uh, I think that's his name. From yeah, Chris S- Red from SNL. SNL, yeah. Yeah, he plays a pretty funny character. And essentially, it's um, three young kids. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like Dope, but more like child, like kids, kid centric. Yeah, okay. like it's definite. It's you guys ever seen the movie A Mystery Team? It's a old, uh, Donald Glover movie. Mystery Team. Yeah. I've seen Mystery Men. No. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically three kids, and they are probably 12 or 13 or so, riding their riding their bikes around this neighborhood in the Bronx, as you can imagine. And um, there's vampires <clears throat> there, wow. which, as the title also uh, leads you to <laughs> guess. But the 
the way the story is outlined, it, it it's like um, the, the the natives of the Bronx are being pushed out due to gentrification, and the evil uh, people who are coming in and pushing them out and <clears throat> installing all their um, bespoke butter dispensaries and kale uh, kale stores are <laughs> are, stores. are vampires. <clears throat> oh, okay. So they're they're like putting up all these new developments and buying buildings and. There's some like interesting like plot devices where they're like, oh, the vampire can't come into the house because she hasn't been invited into the apartment. So I'm just going to buy the building so I own the house and I can come in and take, <laughs> take what I need, you know. It's very goofy and it's very fun. And there was, there's some great scenes with like these thug gangsters that are basically coming up against vampires like, look at this motherfucker right here. You know, they don't say motherfucker, but, you know, you know nice clothes, uh, you know, Stupid Dan Danton or something like that. They give him some like Victorian name, and uh, they, you shoot him, and then the, the vampires like hissing and floating around and stuff. And it's it's kind of goofy and fun, and I, I enjoyed it. Do they acknowledge that there's vampires? <laughs> yes, in the neighborhood. Yes. Okay, so it's not like there's it's a secret or anything. <clears throat> no, the well the kids the kids are they find they find the vampires and then no one believes them and then eventually they do believe them and they're, oh, okay. they're the heroes and. It's very cheesy and it's corny, but it's for, for like an older kid audience. You know, if you have kids that are 11 to 13, mm-hmm. that kind of age, maybe even younger, would be totally fine to watch it. Uh, me and Bree watching it ourselves, it was, it was still fun. Um, not the best made movie, but still fun. And it led us perfectly into The Last Black Man in San Francisco because it was about gentrification and it just told in a very different way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a vampire movie leading you into the last black man in San Francisco. Exactly. Wow. I said it. And the movie that that led me into, really led me into, was Blade. Oh, <laughs> shit. Streaming on Hulu. Blade, yeah. Oh, I, shit. I love Blade. The holy trinity of Blade movies is on Hulu right now, all That's three of them. awesome. And uh, Brie had never seen it before, and then we put it on, we started watching it, because I said, you can, we cannot go to sleep until you watch Blade. <laughs> <laughs> About 10, min- 10 minutes into the movie, she was like, yeah, I've seen this before, let's finish it. <laughs> Blade, Blade oh, One, wow. Blade One, great. Blade Two, awesome. Awesome, yeah. Blade Trinity, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've, I've only I saw half of it and, and tapped out early. Um, <laughs> don't not much you need to say about Blade. It is as fun and cheesy and campy as you remember it, and it is great. Um, so yeah, that is, those are my streaming picks. I have another one. But I'll save it for next week. <laughs> okay, nice. Um, I have one streaming pick. It's a, kind of been a slow week for me. Kind of just been rewatching uh, movies that don't need to be stream picked. Uh, more Chris Angel Mind Freak on, yeah, on Pluto. Exactly. More Seinfeld episodes, reruns of Seinfeld. Exactly. Um, every day when I get home from work. Um, <laughs> so hey, this is no a, shame in that. In the in the spirit of Halloween. Yes. Um, Evil Dead Two. <clears throat> oh yeah. Str- oh, the remake of Evil Dead One. Yes, the remake of Evil Dead One. Um, <laughs> streaming on. Prime, I believe. I think we find it on Oh, no, Prime. sorry, Hulu. Yeah. Hulu, baby. Streaming on Hulu. It is a wacky, funny comedy. <laughs> the prequel to Army of Darkness. Um, yep. And even the, it's watching this movie, the remake, the most recent Evil Dead remake, I was like, dang, this is like, there are shots in the Evil Dead 2 that are so similar to the yeah. Evil Dead remake. It was a very faithful remake, and it was, in my opinion, one of the better remakes of any horror movie ever done. It takes yeah. the, the remake it has, has a 
done a little bit more seriously, not quite so campy and, and a lot darker and goofy. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's no Bruce Campbell in <laughs> that, it. Yeah, there's no Bruce Campbell. Um, which he does like almost like not that much talking, like dialogue wise. He doesn't have. Yeah. I mean, he's no one to talk to, honestly. But it's just him battling these demons. He pretty much just says groovy. Yeah, um, and those eyebrows. Uh, oh yeah. What a dream boat. And it's, it's funny, like, because I've only really ever seen He's Army of Darkness. Cake. Like, mm-hmm. Army of Darkness has, like, I watched it a lot, like, kind of in my early teen, teen mm-hmm. years growing up. It'd be on TV all the time. Yeah. And it's, it was just, like, a really fun movie to watch. Um, but Evil sure. Dead 2 is even more wacky and uh, crazy than Army of Darkness is, honestly. And sure. I love how mm-hmm. Evil Dead 2 leads directly into Army of Darkness. Yeah, it gives you the first, like, three minutes of the movie. Yeah. I love Sam Raimi for that, too. I mean, because you go into Army of Darkness to the first Spider-Man. I know. This guy directed the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? It's all in the same universe. When it's I, all in the same universe. When you see the scene where Dr. Octopus is trying to get... Um, Oh, this isn't is the same universe as Gilmore Girls. <laughs> That's true. That's absolutely right. The That's scene absolutely in, right. In Spider-Man 2, um, <laughs> the, the Tobey Maguire one where he's got uh, Doc Octopus is, or is that the first one? That's, no, it's two. Okay, I thought so. He's, he's, when he's getting like the surgery to have the arms taken off of it, it's like sp- fused with his back. There is a great like scene, like almost a horror scene that is f- very Evil Dead 2 of like the, Bone saw being used, and then and oh, the, yeah. the doctor's being killed. Bone saws ready. Yeah, the doctor's being killed and stuff. And, and you, you, you mentioned the uh, the car. Yeah, the, the car from Evil Dead Two. I want to say it's like a Pontiac Riviera or something like it's that. The same car. I think that, it is same no. car from in Evil Dead Two is used in Spider Man uh, Spider Man One. Uncle Ben's car. Oh, yeah, well, that just. Gives I think it's uh, Sam credit Raimi's to <laughs> that just gives credit to the Spider-Man Sam Raimi universe. So it's Evil Dead, <laughs> Army of Darkness. They're all the, the same. In uh, it, it's it's actually a, a seventy-three Oldsmobile Delta eighty-eight. <laughs> so e- Evil Dead two or Evil Dead used it. Crime Wave, Evil Dead two, Dark Man, Army of Darkness, The Quick and the Dead, A Simple Plan, For the Love of the Game, mm-hmm. The Gift. Spider-Man, the entire trilogy, was yes. in every one of them, and Drag Me to Hell. Oh, uh, um, I feel like we should do an episode on Drag Me to Hell. Um, what the hell was I gonna say? Sorry. Uh, oh, Ash, <laughs> Ash. So Ash is technically <laughs> a, a comic book, a Marvel. Uh, yeah, he's a Marvel comedy or Marvel comic pro- property. Yeah, Mar- yeah. He's also plays the announcer in Spider-Man One. That's true. Yeah, in the wrestling match, the Human Spider. Oh yeah, the Human you gotta, Spider. You gotta be kidding me, kid. <laughs> Love it. Love it. We have the streaming picks that we have, listeners, <laughs> in oh, this God, episode. <laughs> in this episode, please. Please what? Indulge Watch us. Them. Oh, okay. in, indulge <laughs> us. Watch them if you haven't. Okay, so now we're going to get into The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yes. Oh, I, wait, we were watching this movie. Hold on. Uh, can we pause really quick so I can... <laughs> <laughs> It's a long movie. Um, I thought we were watching Black Christmas. 
Oh, whoops. Wrong black. I, I watched uh, Martin Lawrence in Black Knight. <laughs> oh, that's a callback. <laughs> um, so, yeah, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, directed by Joe Talbot, who also moonlights as the lead singer of Idols. Uh, really? No, not really. <laughs> Different guy. Wow. Writing pages. I was, like, I was like, look at the range on this guy. I was like, holy shit, you make... Great music and a great movie. Um, uh, did you see executive producer Brad Pitt at the end? I did yes, not, I, I did. I did not. I did not see that. That's I, cool. Mm-hmm. I did. I thought that was really interesting. So Last Black Man in San Francisco is a directorial, feature directorial debut from Joe Talbot, I believe. Um, is a story about a young black man in San Francisco, in the Bay Area, who has a friend uh, named... Montgomery, right? Montgomery. Yeah. It's Jimmy. Jimmy Fails, played by Jimmy Fails. I thought that was interesting. Um, and Jonathan Majors plays his friend, Montgomery Allen. And it's basically a movie about um, kind of the city of San Francisco and friendship and sort of the what's happening in modern society with gentrification and... Um, Feeling like you belong or that you're being pushed out. Holding on to something... Um, yeah, that is no longer yours um, legally, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is an A24 production. Definitely felt like it. Yeah. it's <laughs> And it was like, like in the first five minutes, I was like completely sold on the rest of the movie. It was yeah, 100%. It too. was really, really engaging right away. Like, I really liked the soundtrack. I really liked like the horns and... Like yeah, minim- minimalist sort of music, and most most of the movie. It was like a Philip Glass type of uh, score, mm-hmm. um, which which is really cool. Yeah, I got vibes of uh, Lady Bird a little bit. How there, he's like kind of. It's almost like um, you know, cliche. Everybody says that Lady Bird's a love letter to Sacramento, but <clears throat> I mean, this eh. was this was a like a love and hate letter to San Francisco. Yeah. And, uh, I feel like Ladybird used Sacramento as a character rather than that's this. Yeah, that's what it was kind of in Ladybird, yeah. Yeah, and then this movie, which it was kind of a backdrop rather than San Francisco. It could have been anywhere. Yeah, if this movie. You think that uh, Tyler, you like this too, right? Oh, um, I would say it's in my top five favorite movies. Wow. Yeah. We, well, let's okay. So let's get into initial thoughts then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did What did you think, Tyler? Uh, so I watched this movie on a Friday night and I was expecting it to be a little bit more sad just because of the titles last black man in San Francisco. So I was expecting Mm -hmm. a lot of racial issues Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and it did have some racial issues, but it wasn't as extreme is what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. It was also more in your face. It was more so about gentrification of a place. Right. And it could have been anywhere. It could have been San Francisco, could have been Seattle, Toledo, Ohio. Toledo, yeah. Sacramento, it, <laughs> any any place that metro, has metropolitan. a pet, yeah, metropolitan area that you know, you have all these tech people moving in. Yeah. But I feel like San Francisco is a prime example based on the house that 
it's based on mm-hmm. with that old white couple yeah. who are, I would say, quote unquote, hippies. But they're really not, though, because they're not about peace and love. They're just like aesthetically hippies. No, those are those are called yuppies. Oh, yuppies. Hip, yeah. Yuppies are hippies that grew up and got money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this, th- well, this movie evoked an emotion in me that I feel about my own hometown, which is currently being gentrified. And what town is that? That would be uh, Sacramento. Oh, uh, why? Well, I, I wouldn't call it a town, a city. Um, yeah. sure. it, it, Sacramento is definitely being gentrified as we speak right now. Absolutely. And so I really, on a personal level, felt this because Jimmy was, he grew up here and then all of a sudden all of these rich people started swarming these houses. And yeah. there's a scene where he is on the balcony of his house. And he's like, my grandfather built this house in 1946. The segue tour tour scene cracked me up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But regardless though, I think this was a very, very well done film. The cinematography was uh, very crisp. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a lot of scenes that were very like you, like I, at one point I paused the movie just to see the scene just to that was the, happening. And it, it was like, you could have had it as your background, as your computer desktop. It was that good. So yeah. So uh, you like it. Yeah. <laughs> this is initial thoughts. Yeah. Very, very high uh, marks for this movie. Okay. okay. Right, I'll, I'll do mine. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I, I have a very similar feeling that I was expecting a little bit heavier sadder content and also like black versus white more which is what felt like how um vampires versus the bronx was it was more about race than anything <laughs> that's, that's the kids version of uh, do the right thing pretty much exactly <laughs> but uh, this was more like like rich versus poor i guess which class yeah i mean i feel like in, i mean not to get too deep or into like social topics or anything but i think i think that our country has more of a divide between classes than it does between races and it's like it's like the the poor are treated so poorly <laughs> no pun intended and the rich treated so richly yeah god damn it there's words for these yeah <laughs> but um yeah within like exactly what you said joseph within five minutes i'm watching it and i'm like oh god i like this i'm not i'm not even i was i'm not not gonna take notes i'm just gonna watch and enjoy and and I liked I liked the overall feeling of it. The, yes. the general tone was yes. great, and I loved Montgomery. Mm. I, yes. lo- I loved him a lot. I got vibes of um, uh, what's what's the main character's name? Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy fails. I, I liked his character. Reminded me a little bit of like Mo's Def in Be Kind Rewind. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. A little quirky, kind of goofy, um, but ultimately just like a really pure heart. <clears throat> yeah. And it's like there, a regular guy. Yeah, and, and there were a number of times where I, I'd see him, like his progression throughout the movie, and I'm just like, bro, just let it go. You gotta stop, man. You gotta stop. And there's something admirable about it, you know, just because I know that I wouldn't do the, a lot of the decisions he did. But at the same time, part of it's like a, a pity sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So his character was really, I liked his character was deep. Montgomery was great. And I also liked um, that they didn't, they didn't overplay like, 
the hoodlums or like the local thugs or whatever. Oh, they, right, right. They weren't like over the top, like come around here again, playboy, and I'm gonna shoot you. It was just like they're just like five guys standing out front talking shit to each other. Yeah, yeah. which is more realistic. I mean, it's just a a, gr- a group of guys that are constantly bagging on each other and calling each other bitches when they're all actually <laughs> friends, which is how most guys are. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you bitches. Yeah, motherfucking bitch. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad we watched it. I felt like it was going to be a, a movie that was more like homework than enjoyment. It kind of seems that way. Yeah. And it's, on the outside. For the listeners who are on the fence about watching it, it's, it's really worth the watch. It's two hours and I was not watching my clock at all. Yeah. No. Absolutely not. Yeah, it's. I'm finished. <laughs> Perfect. You've been, you've been waiting for that. Waiting for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, I was watching this movie like during the in like in the middle somewhere, and I was just like the feeling, like you said, the general tone of the movie. It's just like it's like this like warm fuzzy feeling. It's also, but it also has like this heartfelt kind of. It's like slightly tugging on your heartstrings. Not making you like cry, you know. You get the the emotional, uh, you get emotion out of it, mm-hmm. but not. Yeah. It doesn't like get all the way there. Didn't feel like it was forcing that either. Too no, much, too there's much. no tragedy. No, it's there's too, a tragedy. I well, mean, it's well, it's Kofifi. Oh yeah, yeah, Kofifi. But it wasn't. A, it wasn't like <laughs> a tra- Ali's character from uh, Place Beyond the Pines, Kofi. Oh yeah, there was no tragedy that could relate to everyone everyone in the audience though like but but that scene with Kofi the friends was that was pretty I didn't I was pretty heartbreaking I didn't know where they were going to go with it and I'm happy with how that scene ended up it was but, sure. um, that made me tear up a little bit yeah during the middle of it me and Deanna were watching it um last night Friday night and she goes in the middle of it I really like this movie. Just, just, just like, and I was like, yeah, this is like really, really good. <laughs> like the cinematography is incredible. The, that house, that house that they get on the inside is, oh my is amazing as well. Halfway through it, I was thinking, I don't think that's his grandpa built that. Yeah. You know, I got that. I got that feeling. Cause I'm looking at it and like this. It's a really complicated ornate. It's very ornate. Yeah. Very ornate. That's a good word. Um, do you you think the three of us would like this a little less if we had no exposure to San Francisco as a city or the Northern California vibe? I was thinking that as well, because Mm. we have all been to the city of San Francisco. I think the the absurdity of some of the situations was, was, uh, relevant to our actual like history because I mean, I've seen those stupid ass, um, beer bike, uh, yes, tours yes. around yeah, Sac- yeah. Sacramento. I've seen it in San Francisco too, and and the nudists, <laughs> the ones, yeah. You're this just, guy fucks. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think if I had never been, if I never spent any significant time in the city, uh, I probably would have like thought a naked guy sits down next to him at the bus stop. That's not realistic. I like how he lays down a little napkin. <laughs> yeah, he sits down on his well, napkin with his dick out. Yeah, uh, well, fun fact, though, in San Francisco, if you're going to be nudist, uh, you do have to have a towel or a tissue paper. <laughs> Come on, be wherever, reasonable. Wherever you sit in <laughs> be public areas. to your fellow. You, got, you also like, have to yeah. cover your dick when you sneeze. <laughs> well, oh, I, don't, I don't know about that, but... <laughs> But, That's um, a law. I, I read it. Look it up. <laughs> Look it up. But um, anyway, this yeah, this movie was really beautiful. That's how I would describe it. Mm-hmm. It's a really beautiful story, beautiful visually. It's really kind of, it has like this quirk to it. It's not like quirky, 
but there no, is something about it that is like really it's like diff- very different from I feel like another movie. If it wasn't for um, Jimmy and Mont being the leads of it, their personalities being quirky as they were, I think led to that overall feeling, uh, and it, probably that was the driving factor to it. But in general, too, I liked I liked the little the little stuff that was not. Uh, they didn't linger on like mm-hmm. at the very beginning when they have the preacher talking and they're having a conversation about, Hey, you think he rehearses that in the mirror? Yeah. Nah, that seems, that seems, um, what, what was the word he used? I um, can't remember. It seems spontaneous. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then later on in the movie, you see him getting ready with the sun it's coming like, up he, and he's rehearsing in the mirror. Yeah. All these yeah. little, call, little callbacks to like earlier things. Mm-hmm. It was really, really well written movie. What about that opening scene though, with uh, Monty being on his skateboard? That was amazing. That I love that. I was that's like, really impressed. That's like burned into my mind right now. It's, like, yeah, it's really good. The sound and, and the and the preacher talking, and over, they actually yeah. did it too. Yeah, yeah, it's impressive. It's I, also a skateboard movie. I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen I've never seen two dudes ride a skateboard like that before. Neither have I. I mean, longboard I've seen. Sure, not a straight up ass but, skateboard. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah, it's, it's, that was really cool. It was almost like, I wrote in my notes, I wrote like, cause this, it's like in slow motion, like this really like hyper slow motion mm-hmm. when they're going through the city of San Francisco, it shows like Montgomery's face looking out and it just shows what he's looking at and it shows different parts of the city. Can we pause and just put the movie on? Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> um, and it, it reminded me of like a Lars von Trier intro cause of how like hyper slow mo it is, yeah. even though. I mean, it's the stark contrast between the content in his movies. And <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's like what I thought of because not you a lot. You do see dicks though. Yeah. You do see one dick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that's true. But uh, yeah, all the little, like the, the little family members that he goes to, because like his goal in this movie is to sort of reclaim his childhood house that he yeah. he lived in for, I don't know, it doesn't really state how long. He doesn't. He didn't grow up in it. I think it was his grandfather's house, and you, you learn throughout the the story throughout the movie that his him and his father were grew up together for most of his life, yeah. and they were in and out of various homes. And I think they probably were plopped down in grandpa grandpa's house for a while. Yeah. So actually, I can answer that um, based on a scene with the realtor. Um, so this kind of goes a little bit forward into the movie when Monty goes to the realtor and is trying to convince him. Oh, that's when he finds out the, yeah, the true history of, yeah, of the, the true house. history of the house. But there's a little tidbit of information of, oh, they lost the house in the nineties. So you can kind of deduct that. Yeah, but you don't know. You don't know how long the kid lived with the grandpa. Well, that's what I'm getting at. I don't know how long I, he actually was there for. What I was going to say, though, is you can kind of deduct that they lived in there for several years, enough to where he established a memory in the house. In, yeah, mm-hmm. an imprint memory of the house. So probably I would say like five to seven years that they lived in that house. Yeah, maybe. And they you got, love that house. I say five to seven weeks. <laughs> well, that, 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 I, yeah. I I wouldn't say that at all. But um, <laughs> I I did like because he went to go see his auntie that lived out in the boondocks, as he said, yeah. out in the out in the, um, out in the cuts. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't couldn't quite figure out where that was that he she was visit he was visiting her at, but um, somewhere in Marin County. Yeah, still in the Bay. 
Marin County, no way. No, she was not. No, <laughs> I think she was probably probably like South Bay, probably like closer to like um, like San Jose area, but north of there. Oh, you think it was? I don't more know. South? I have no idea to be honest. I mean, they they, I mean, they don't have any. Maybe she was. Maybe it's in the hills of Oakland or whatever. But yeah, they don't maybe have any Vallejo, like by the could be Vallejo. Vallejo. Could be, like, I don't know how you yeah. get there though. He doesn't have a car. You're not gonna take a bus to Vallejo from the city, but the ferry. Regard. Yeah, that's it, could be. Yeah, it could be. But either way, the the <laughs> reason I brought her up is. Uh, again, maybe on if you're on the <clears throat> different part of the country, it, it, it seems a little strange to you, but they don't even comment on the fact that she's a mm, older black lady who is madly in love with and deeply committed to like a young, younger Asian guy. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I can't, couldn't really tell like what ethnicity he was. Yeah. He doesn't even have a speaking part. Doesn't he say a word. No. He, yeah. She's just doting on him like, oh, you're so, you still look good, baby. Do that mm-hmm. trick you used to do. Yeah, yeah. when he's skateboarding. It does an ollie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, I, I just really liked, I really liked the, um, I guess it's a message, but just the overall tone was perfectly nailed. Every, yeah. every character they come into contact with, even the stupid segue tour yeah it's just like a you know that i've in my head i could visualize that fucking tour guide i know on every tour i've ever been on the one thing i missed was they had they they should have thrown in like um the duck tours oh yeah the the san francisco duck tours yeah the the semi-submersible vehicles (laughs) (laughs) i'm not familiar with that are you not oh no they're like decommissioned um, war vessels that were semi-submersibles so they drive like a ATV, almost like a like a large Humvee sort of thing. Oh, okay. Open top, and then you can literally just drive it right into the bay and flip a switch, and it's a boat. And yeah. it, and oh. it takes you toward the bay on the water, and yeah. then through the cities. It's, and it's open top because it's a war vehicle. Yeah. yeah. And the tour guide is constantly like, over on the left is where they film Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you guys think that Montgomery was maybe like he's he's different he's on the spectrum like on the spectrum he's definitely a creative of some kind Mm. i i would not say that he's on the spectrum at all i think really he's just someone who is creative in a in a culture that in society that does not accept his uh creativity so i'm i'm on board with all that and if it wasn't for one scene i'd agree with that but the scene when the two when the the thugs are fighting, his like thug friends are fighting, and he just walks up and is like, "Yes, very good, you're doing great work." And he goes, "Cut, cut, 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 yes." And he just like inserts himself into their world as if he's directing them, and they're all like, "Get the fuck out! You're not a director." And he's like, "Just work with that. Just work with that." Yeah, that was like okay. <laughs> I thought that was a little odd. Yeah, that's uh, that's, it's, that's it's where, not that it's like relevant or anything. That it doesn't matter if he's on the spectrum. But it's just like something to speculate, you know, because mm-hmm. he is he's just a little different, you know, and it, that's what that's what makes him interesting. He's an odd duck. That <laughs> that scene. I'm glad you brought that up because that scene specifically felt really out of place. Like because obviously you know he's trying to make a play. Like he's uh, he is a creative type. For him to like go into the 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 play fighting that these uh, group of friends are going to, that they obviously know who he is. They know he's a weirdo. I just I think it was just really I think they were off putting. I think they were trying to 
basically make a point that he was losing himself in his writing so much because he he was sketching them and they are characters in his play that he's writing essentially. Yeah, sure. So I think I think that's the kind of what they were trying to come off as. It just made him seem like a weird guy. It was just a little extreme. Like I yeah. feel I, I feel like it could have been done a I, little bit. Yeah, I was I was. Um, worried there for a sec for him i was like me too, oh, me too. okay all right. it didn't go there is yeah, he gonna get stabbed yeah, just punched in the face yeah um, did you guys uh did you guys ever watch blind spotting it was one of my streaming picks a while back oh no hbo probably still streaming on there blind spotting blind spotting it's um also Sounds familiar also deals with gentrification and it also has a local couple of uh young men that are um fighting the gentrification or accepting it mm-hmm. um except for one of them's black, one of them's white. And um, <clears throat> it's like a much harder, coarser toned version of this, um, which with a lot more comedy in it. Mm-hmm. But it's very, it's, it's set in Oakland instead of San Francisco. And it's uh, it's very funny. It made me this, it popped into my head a number of times when I was watching mm. Last Black Man. But a uh, very different tone movie. But if, if you guys enjoyed this, um, give it a watch. The tone is very different, but yeah, the yeah. concepts are there and it's very fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I there are the gentrification element kind of reminded me of Up a little bit mm-hmm. Pixar maybe, um, just like just that part of it because in Up like everything's building up around his house yeah <laughs> yeah um, I but, mean that's uh, essentially what's really happening in San Francisco I don't know at this point in modern time when we're talking right now because of the coronavirus yeah. but uh, but. In the before times, certainly there is all these affluent people buying up all these properties, pushing out the original residents. And I feel like this movie really highlighted the realism of it, not so much like a dramatic version, just like yeah, yeah. Jimmy, he was a guy who just grew up in the Bay Area, you know, and right. and he had this house that he used to live in. And then a couple of millionaires bought his house and now he's just skateboarding around the streets of San Francisco living with his friend. Yeah, it's, um, it's, San Francisco has this, everybody knows it's expensive to live in San Francisco. That's true. I, I, just, I don't know. Go ahead and finish your thought though. I'll come and, and when he goes to the, the bank as like a, his like, find his like last hurrah mm-hmm. to like try and like, to to get a loan to buy his this house yeah and it's like four million dollars <laughs> yeah it's like oh he's like well t- and the banker's like well typically you have to put 20 percent down of the offering price right. and he's like hold on let me, let me pull out 800 grand out of my pocket <laughs> yeah and jimmy and jimmy was like i don't have any money like it's, and then he's like, I know you have a quota to make. He's like trying to hustle him yeah. into like giving him like the most like uh, predator just related trust, just loan. Trust me, I'll pay back every penny. Yeah, yeah. it's Which, that, that was that was kind of heartbreaking because like he's like please like please like basically I like I I don't want anything more than I want this house and it's kind of what is the most depressing point about this movie too is that like. Montgomery, he goes to the realtor, tries to deal with him, and then Jimmy tries to go to the bank and tries to deal with them to try to own this house not, that they have li- so um, such an emotional connection to. Yeah, but there's literally nothing you can do. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's crazy. 
I wanted to uh, really quickly for the people who don't live out here and know just truly how ridiculous it is <clears throat> out here. I have a Trulia a real estate uh, website pulled up. I'm just going to run through a couple that are on there right now and some of the crazy prices. Oh. Three bedroom, 2.5 bath, 2,090 square feet. This is in Noe Valley, San Francisco. Oh. <laughs> Tyler's namesake. $2.5 million. Yikes. Uh, four bedroom, four and a half bath, 3,600 square feet. Quite a bit of a size difference. $5,850,000. Jesus. Five bedroom, three God. and a half bath, 3,500 square feet in San Andreas, in Monter- San Andreas Way, Monterey Heights, not nearly as nice of an area, $3.5 million. Oh my God. I so, mean, apartments, studio yeah. apartments in San Francisco, thousands of dollars. Yeah, well, I actually, when I was working in San Rafael, for about a year commuting from Vacaville to San Rafael. It's about an hour and a half commute each way. And it's San Rafael is like basically the the bottom floor of Marin County. It's Marin County adjacent, basically. It's right right before Novato. And it's not the greatest city. It does not have nice places. They're not like <laughs> fancy. But it's technically Marin County. So you it's expensive as shit. Uh, and, uh, location. Yeah. And I was I was pricing out like moving out there. I was in a rental at the time. I was going to rent a place out there and I didn't know how long my work was going to have me out there. Mm-hmm. And I looked at a two bedroom, one bath house that had just, just technically a backyard. I mean, <laughs> it really was not a backyard. It was just big enough to where I could technically <laughs> say I had a backyard so I could let my dog go poop out there. And it was right, right after I got Nova and it was $3,800 a month. I think, I think, and it was just a shithole. It was not good at all. And I, I had would have customers come in, and they're like, uh, "Oh, we're out today together." And I figured to get an estimate on my car, and we'll go. Uh, we're gonna go house hunting after this. We got a baby number two on the way, and we we need to get another bedroom. And I'm like, what, "What's your what's your budget?" Just if you're okay sharing that with me. I'm like, "Well, we need three bedrooms, and it's got to have a backyard. It's got the dog. So we're looking in the I don't know." 1.6 to 1.8 million dollar range. I'm like, fuck me in San Rafael, really? And yeah. They're like, yeah, we don't, we don't want to go anywhere north or south of here. South of here is even more expensive. And we're like, fuck. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's crazy, unbelievable. Even now, like, because I I live in the city of Sacramento, like I'm on the grid in Midtown, and there are so many new loft apartment buildings going up around, mm-hmm. and um, it's a loft like a zero bedroom. Yeah, kind of. It's like a studio. Yeah, they're just like kind of big studios. And then there are just like regular apartment buildings going up. And like the starting price for a 500 square foot studio apartment, like $2,400. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, it's 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 insane. And then I drive around the outskirts of downtown, drive under the freeway. I see all the homeless people in their camps. And it's yeah. like, let's get sad in here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and San Francisco is a much bigger city. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. Like I still have not explored all of San Francisco or most of San Francisco, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And having, having been there probably at least 10 times in my life and I live two hours away. It's a, <clears throat> it's a, it's a pretty uh, crazy place to visit. I wanted to bring up how Jimmy fails plays himself in this movie. That is interesting. He plays the same name at least. No, he, he co-wrote the story. Yeah, he, he's a co-writer. Yeah, yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, he wanted to make this film for a really long time. There was just like a budgeting issue that he had for 
uh, quite a few years. He w- it, the, the in real life the movie is his house. Yeah. So like in real life, he's like, I just, I just need, I just want to make this movie. It's the only thing I want to do. Just Trust me. Give me the money. I will, I'll make the money back. <laughs> and I hope he did. But, oh, and, uh, Kofi, who was the, uh, gangster, he wasn't a gangster he was just really. A he, he was just like a, you know, he was just a just street a, kid. Just a guy. He's, he's a, a Rastafarian sperm. He, he was a, a rat tail. That's what he, his friends were talking shit. They're like, look at you with your one dread. You look like a Rastafarian <laughs> sperm. Oh, yeah. He was just a street kid um, who was an actual street kid in real life. Oh, and that's cool. So Jimmy fails. Kofi never had any acting experience playing this movie. And you just get a dynamite I, job. I, I well, I, I would say a home run job. Um, <laughs> oh, kind of job? <laughs> uh, that's kind of similar to Sean Baker in the Florida Project. Yes. Because he, hi- he, he hired a legit, like, just Instagram. He, like, hired the actress, the mom of, mm-hmm. of the girl off of Instagram. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so funny. And, that's, and in the movie, that's how she is in real life. But oh, their, their, their perf- the performances were so seamless. Like, yeah. like you, you couldn't even tell. Like I, I, I believe Covey was an actor. I, mm-hmm. That's what I thought, too. I thought Jimmy Fails and Covey were just like indie actors that I had in movies I've never seen before. But they, they were not in movies. They did a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, how would you how would you feel if if one of your friends who you had constantly told to be don't be a bitch, step up, you know, swing on that fool, mm-hmm. all this stuff gets in a confrontation with some people from out of town and gets shot and killed. You think you would blame yourself for that? Absolutely. I think it was a, I think it was a really nice uh, touch to have the guys, the hardened exterior young men who were f- constantly uh, gathered outside to actually show some emotions and question that because yeah. you, know, you never really see a lot of that. It's just like, man, fuck that. That's just part of life, man. And you're like, it's, it's, it's kind of tired to hear that part of it. Like, like how many David Ayer movies can you watch? That are, <laughs> yeah. You know, before that character, how gets, many times can you watch suicide squad? Before <laughs> you- <laughs> but it was great. He, I don't even know the name of the character, but the, the one who stepped up to him and, yeah. He basically, you know, um, Jimmy said, you know, you did this. He's my you, friend too. You, yeah, you, he's my friend too. This is your fault. You guys pushed him, da 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 And then and he, he cried on his shoulder. Uh, yeah, it looked like he was going to swing on him and he just broke down. And I'm like, fuck me, man. Yeah, that, anyway, that it, was amazing. I'm glad that they didn't bring like a gang aspect to it. Yeah, me too. too because Unnecessary. like- there, there was no gang. It was just a it was group just people, of friends, friends who were yeah. talking shit. Mm-hmm. That's really what it was. And then the guy talks shit to the wrong people. Yeah. And then Mike Epps shows up. Yeah. <laughs> he, his character was great. Yeah. yeah. He, he was, he was a wild, oh. he was a wild card. <laughs> I like, <laughs> I got your daddy's car. Like <laughs> he's got it lined with, with string lights. Yeah. And he's, he's living in there. Basically. So, do you think that, his character was like a metaphor to something? Because like, I felt like, there was no point to his character other than being a metaphor to what Jimmy What's the, could have been. Oh, I see. I mean, that's kind of, it was kind of like a glimpse into the life of his dad. Yeah. It was that, yeah. that his uncle was the life who he could have been. And his dad was also like the life he could have been too. Cause you know, he, he 
comes up to visit his dad and he's he's helping him like sort these bootleg DVDs. He, yeah, he's cu- cutting covers <laughs> yeah. out for bootleg DVDs for his dad. And it's so funny because you you're just watching this like dad and you're like you're you I mean you pity him, your heart's kind of breaking for him a little bit, but you're just like at the same time. Ah, this fucking guy. He's, and then he's just sitting there and then he's he basically says, "Oh, look at you, you fucking you think you got it all figured out? I got it figured out. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is this is figured out. <laughs> this is okay. This yeah. is what I'm striving for. He's, he's <laughs> but that's uh, what Jimmy is feeling though. And, and also Uncle Ep, Uncle Epps also was like, uh, man, people like me. I ain't alone. People yeah. like me, even though it shows him. 20 minutes later going to sleep with gunshots going off around I know him. he's like yeah. sleeping on the outskirts of, of he looks like he's in Emeryville yeah and he's sleeping by the water yeah, or something like yeah like Berkeley or something yeah, like that and you know what the gunshots Kofi I thought I was like because like the scene after oh interesting. yeah because Kofi was shot by a bunch of that was a really good transition I was like oh I wonder if that was the same one no that that was I mean I, I was, assumed it probably was but um yeah the dad was very sleazy. What a yeah! What a fucking. The, I mean, we get the before we meet him. Actually, the, I think it's the auntie who who calls him like a scam artist. Basically, he's like one of your daddy's scams. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, and what I, the other thing I liked about this movie is the one outfit, the one outfit that, that was neat that he wears. I always kind of like that in movies, oh, like where the, the red flannel and yeah. beanie. Yeah, and, and even those uh, the gang bangers. The friends, you one shirt having bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I always like that. I like that kind of int- uh, that that thing they do in movies. That the one outfit for characters like Punch Drunk Love mm-hmm. or um, Jeff Goldblum and the Fly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he actually comments on it. <laughs> you know, Albert Einstein wore the, uh, every outfit the same day every day. Yeah, but I think that's it. It adds another like level to the character themselves. Um, and there's even a shot of his outfit splayed out on the like the floor, mm. which I thought was kind of funny. I think yes. that wasn't that when he. Uh, oh, never mind. No, he he did wear a different outfit when he went to the bank. Yeah, and when he went to go see his dad. Yeah, he pulled the he pulled a nice outfit out of the um, the credenza on the side of the yeah. street. Yeah, like he he changes his outfit to something a little bit more like modern. Yeah, to when he goes to see his dad. Yeah, his friend too. Mont, he he wears a, a like a suit coat. He wears a, a blazer, a blazer over yeah. over his apron at the I know, butcher. The, the butcher. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. I thought I thought about both of you guys when he squished both those fish's heads with the mallet. I was like, ooh, yikes! Vegans will not be happy about this. Well, I I I don't abide. I was overjoyed. I don't. <laughs> I can't say I can't say that I abide by it, but. Uh, you know, I was confused at first. Was, I saw I all the catfish, well, not catfish, but was it? I mean, they it was like, catfish. It was, yeah. yeah, it was catfish. I was like, do they do that? But I mean, the <laughs> struggle is real, though. You know, you have to you have to make that scratch. I, uh, <laughs> I went I went offshore fishing in the bay one time. We took off out of Emeryville, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> we caught salmon. We went a couple different times, but salmon was the, is the trip I'm talking about now. And when you get the, like the, cause no, no, no one on the ship on the boat was a fisherman except for like the skipper. And he's like, all right, you get two lead weights. So this much weight, once you, once you, if you get a bite, it's going to drop. That means it's hooked. Reel it in. If you lose the fish, that's one of your weights gone. You only get two for the whole trip. Oh wow. And we're like, okay. He's like, you buy another weight for 15 bucks or whatever. Damn. And, uh, and then he said, when you get the fish onto the deck, hold it on the deck. 
grab the bat, hit the fish over the head with the bat. We're like, what? There's a, there's a bat to kill the fish with. He's like, yeah, it's right here. It's hanging right here. This is the fish bat. (laughs) And, And he's, and he said, if anybody doesn't think they can hit the fish with the bat hard enough, just let me know and I'll kill it. I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? I just wanted to go fishing. <laughs> I didn't want to murder an animal on the on the on the deck of this poor ship. Well, I mean, fishing is kind of catch and release, <laughs> but still, <laughs> we won't get into that. But let's get into uh, how Danny Glover oh, was Danny Glover, Donald Glover's uncle, mm-hmm. <laughs> famously. I I thought Danny Glover's performance in this film was. Strange, minimal. Oh, strange. It was strange. How so? Was he blind? No, he's or just an old was dude. it? Uh, I think it was. He was probably not like, blind, but he was he blind see very well. or was he? Had, did he have dementia? It was. It was kind no. of. It was kind of hard reading his character because he's, he's Montgomery's. Uh, I don't, grandpa. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think he had dementia. I think he probably had poor eyesight because um, he was always looking the other way. But then when he would. Well, Montgomery describes what's happening on the TV to him. And then, but later in the movie, he knows who Jimmy looks like, though. Like, he's like, oh, I think, Jimmy. I think, I think he's in poor sights. He has poor sights because he's it's an old It's kind of weird. But he's also, keep, keep in mind, he's, he's Montgomery's grandpa. And Montgomery is already an odd duck. Sure. So maybe they're just a goofy family. I thought it was yeah, so maybe. sad when... They when Montgomery started moving his stuff oh, out yeah. into the um He's talking in about the squatter house. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, Oh, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, I'm working on a play. He's like, Oh, well, do you want me to work work could, with you? And he's like, No, I gotta do it on my own. And the the look of defeat yeah, on yeah. on uh, Donald Glover's uh character. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Glover. I'm getting, I'm getting too old with his rigs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it, but the look of defeat though, he was like, "Oh, well, okay." And then he shuffles away. How out. how strange was that scene on the bus when he runs into his mom out of nowhere? It was awkward. I know. Yeah. It's like, "Oh, I've been in town for 3 months." Oh. Really? Well, thanks for telling me. Yeah. And then he then he says he doesn't have a phone. Yeah, oh, yeah, she says like, "Oh, I have your phone number." And he's like, "I don't have a phone." Yeah. And it it's Really, it, the, just, the whole thing was weird. Yeah, it, I find it interesting too because this whole movie lacks women. You know, it's all about male, it's a male camaraderie, male friendship. And then, so when the mom comes in, I feel like it comes in at a perfect well, awkward the aunt, time. Auntie, yeah, he's an auntie. Well, yeah, but it doesn't I play an emotional. The woman in the retirement in, home. I appreciated that there was no love story. Yeah. Yes. The love story was between him and that goddamn house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The love, the friendship love. Uh, let me ask you guys both something. Have you ever gone back to your childhood home and just like dr- drove up yeah. to it or yeah. walked yeah. into it? I Absolutely. did that like recently. Yeah. You just walked in well, while they were having dinner? Yeah. <laughs> I started. I started. I, well, I started. No, I'm already inside. Yeah. Don't, started, you can keep, continue eating. It's okay. I started painting the windowsill. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, yes, I, I have done that before. It, it's it, it is a very strange feeling, uh, seeing a home that you've spent so much so your life is like in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, my dad, planted a pine tree behind our childhood house on the city property so that they had to water it and watched it grow. <laughs> wow! And I, I know Clever. where. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and when 
the backside of our house is like a, our, our old house was a, is on a main street going through Vacaville and you lattice. And, um, so you, all the backs of all the houses look about the same, but my dad added on 250 square foot onto the back of the house. So it sticks out just a little bit further. And then there, that was a huge pine tree out there that was a sapling when I was a, a just a child. Yeah. And I always walk by and go, Oh, drive by. And like, there's my, there's the tree my dad planted. Yeah. And then I look at the front of the house. I'm like, those motherfuckers living, living in there. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, I don't even know you. And I hate you. Yeah. It's especially if like your parents like remodeled or repainted or something in the house, did something substantial to the mm. interior of the house that you can't see. Mm. And you wonder if it like is still the same, Yeah, you know, like you saw that blue carpet. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, it's funny today being Saturday, Apple Hill is a place in Northern California. <laughs> like near Tahoe, right? Uh, it's in, it, yeah, Placerville, Placerville, up 50 east. Um, but um, I used to live in Placerville for a short a while. I lived there for a year. I always forget about that. Yeah. And I do too, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I lived on this on this hill. So like Placerville is like kind of like in a canyon almost. There's like mountains on both sides. And I lived on like almost near the top of one of the mountains. It's more of like a hill mm-hmm. and it's a big white house. And I, you could see it from the freeway. And I, I was like, I was like, I always look for it when I go up there. I'm like, can you see it? Sometimes the trees, like there was trees in the way for a while, what but a, then, what a coincidence. but then today I saw it and I was like, Oh look, there it is. I used to live there for a minute and we didn't <laughs> do anything to that house. We lived there for a short while. Uh-huh. But it, there are like some memories I do have of it. It did snow up there, so, you know, sledding and snowball fights. What a weird coincidence. You did that just today. Just today, <laughs> you know? But, um, but yeah, it's, I grew up in one house for a long time and I did go check that out recently. And it's a suburban house, so it's not like anything special. Um, but still, you know, you have the memories there and the re- anyone can relate to that, I think, in this movie. Because everybody wants to hold on to something that isn't theirs anymore, yeah, necessarily by possession, you know. But but like emotionally, yeah. like you have a possession to it. Side topic: How many houses have you lived in? Um, one? I, well, <laughs> I, I I'm not gonna comment on that. Uh, how many houses or just places? Places. Um, I've lived in many mansions right. before. So <laughs> I, you know. They were all smaller than the current mansion you live in. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> uh, Seven, eight, nine, <clears throat> ten, eleven, twelve. I'm on uh, number twelve right now. I think this, I'm on, is, this is home number twelve. I think I'm on nine. I moved a lot in the last four years. Yeah, you have. Well, I I was gonna say. What do you I think? think? What do you think, Tyler? <laughs> I was going to say that you guys have lived in a lot of places. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've lived in like 10 different or almost like nine places just in Vacaville. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I was thinking that this movie also, so when the whole conflict arises with them losing the home, uh, the realtor Oh, yeah, the, the backstabbing white boy realtor. And you could tell he was gonna well, be an yeah. asshole from the beginning. Yeah. Well, so I was gonna comment on the white people in this movie and that it's not so flagrantly obvious on how evil they are because this white is people. 
the perspective of a person of color going through the stages of being gentrified in a city. Uh-huh. So I was thinking because like, I didn't even take it as like a race thing at all. Well, that's the beauty of it though. Cause he has, he has, he has like native people who live there that are white too, that he's interacts with on a regular basis. Yeah. But you can tell the, the realtor, he says like, Oh, I'm from here too. Like, yeah. He I said, went to oh, I'm from school. here. At least I'm from here. He says yeah. that. He says that later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Dick I was, move. I was, I was thinking, I was thinking how, how so not flagrant there was enemies in this movie. Like a villain? Yeah, there was no villain. It was just... The villain is the man. It was the system yeah. that was also the villain. Also known as the man. Yeah, the man. <laughs> exactly. And that realtor was like a representation of the man, mm-hmm. but also the people who were occupying the house that Jimmy thought his grandfather built was also a villain too. I don't, I don't even, I don't really like that narrative though. It's like, they didn't do anything wrong. The house, the the two people that lived in that house, they were, they live, they, the house was for sale. They bought the house. They live in the house. No, don't vilify people who just for buying a house. They didn't do anything wrong. It's the fact that they are participating in a system that, allows jimmy to capitalism yeah exactly oh, so you're play just the you're, communism oh, you're, okay. you're, ju- you're no, just as a, evil as they are i was about to but then you said it <laughs> <laughs> and now i can't do it but, um but it was more so yeah of course the couple that was living in <laughs> go ahead tyler the couple that was living in the house <laughs> yes Probably not bad people, but they're participating in a system that allows Jimmy to have to sleep with Montgomery. Next to Montgomery. So now he can't sleep with his best friend? Well, there's actually an interesting scene. When they start squatting into that house, Jimmy's like, you can have your own room. Oh, yeah. You don't have to sleep with me now. Like, there's like there's that culture shock of like, oh... We, we have, have a seven-bedroom house. We, we don't have yeah, to sleep have, in the same bed. We yeah, have yeah. a multi-million-dollar house. Like you know, like it's, we can. There's um. There's it, a. I thought that was really interesting. There's perspective. A, there's a weird. The, the the situation with the owners of the house is kind of weird, because like her mom dies, and then there's like a conflict with the with the woman's sister, and then they kind of abandon the house. And like, there's like a legal battle going on over the house, and yeah. it, it's really like it's not really that important. But it's just the most fact- most likely what happened is the two couples that you see that live in the house are taking care of their mother, and the mother dies, mm. and there probably was either ambiguous or non-existent verbiage in the will about what happens to the home. Right, yeah. it was just I divvy up my property this way, blah blah blah, whatever. Split it fifty fifty between my sisters, and it's like we can't split a house fifty fifty. And and what happens a lot of times too in families is you don't want to sell the house because of the memories, a la Jimmy fails. Yeah. Um, so they just fight over it forever, and then everyone's fucked. I know. Yeah, yeah and that's they do mention that in the movie. The I think the realtor says it. Yeah. Like they'll just they'll battle over this for years, and yeah. it'll just sit there. He's like, that's more of an estate thing. I'm more of a like money now type of guy. <laughs> yeah. And then they just goes and they just kind of break in and then they just, the scene when they're like going through the house, when he finally gets inside and like, you just see like 
such beautiful shots of this house, of the interior. Of just natural light. Really nice. And yeah. you just see him like in awe of what it looks like. <laughs> he like trips up the stairs and like smashes his mouth on He's the- so happy yeah. to be yeah. bleeding out of his gums. Yeah, it, I was elated <laughs> for him. <you laughs> know? I like their screaming scene too. That was great. Yeah, yeah. that was cool. Because it wasn't, it didn't sound like two people that were trying to be cool. Yeah. They're just like l- like legitimately ex- excited. excited and ecstatic to be able yeah. to just let loose. Can we talk about the play that happens at I would say the climax of the movie? So well so yeah, the for the context is that Montgomery finds out the truth about this house while Jimmy is sort of hanging on to the grandpa story that he built. He was the first black man in San Francisco. Quote yeah. unquote. And he built this house while the tour guide says, actually, it was built a hundred years ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then he does this whole like 1946 scene, is a scene where he, you think that actually um, my grandpa built this house in 1946 with his two hands. Yeah. yeah. And so you, be, you actually believe him. At first I was like, oh, that's the connection. That's why he, that's why he wants it so much. Yeah. And only slowly through the movie, do you lose faith in that? But his dad says, that ain't your house. Yeah. That never was. And you yeah. go, we don't talk about that house. Yeah, yeah. And you start losing faith in that narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you find out that he knows that, and he, but he doesn't want to believe it. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that would, I would be a, a little more upset if I was Montgomery. Yeah. If once that information came to light that, that Jimmy knew the whole time that it wasn't really his grandfather's. Yeah, but I mean, like, they also bring up, like, what are they going to do with their lives? Like uh, the, the, all kinds of stuff. You could, you could become a, a freestyle runner. You could, uh, <laughs> you could invent a new interesting sort of. Okay. In the, in the context of the characters, they, they, they <laughs> were, skateboarder. They, yeah. they were in their older young adult years. They had, yeah. they, they, they didn't really have anything going for them. They, they were being gent gentrified out of the city that they were raised in. They could get into auto body. There's no barrier for entry there. You don't even have to have a GED. Okay, well, they they, <laughs> they weren't, though. Trust me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They, they were just a couple of young guys who were basically just kind of doing what they wanted to do. Yeah, you, hey, kind, you, you know, kind, you kind of wonder what they are going to do with the rest of their life because... You see where Montgomery lives, and with with his not, his, his grand grandfather, grandfather yeah, Donald Glover, and then Jimmy yeah. has nobody. He doesn't. He's not. He doesn't have his dad. Doesn't have his mom, and his his auntie lives out. However, yeah, he's not going to take care of them anyway. And so, you're like, you wonder where he's going to go. But the play, yeah, the play was. I was like. Bronson, when I, when I, oh, really? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what you're thinking. Oh, yeah. That's good. I thought about Bronson. Uh, okay. I almost picked that as my streaming pick this week, too, because it's that's streaming true. on Amazon Prime right oh, now. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the play was cool. It was sort of like, a, it was very San Francisco when, very, I saw, when, I, when I saw the people in there. I was like, yeah. yeah. They did a great, and throughout the entire movie, a great, a great job of, uh, it was very avant garde. A good sub cross section of San Francisco uh, natives. It was almost yeah. like, Portlandia episode one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're a little too San Francisco. <laughs> well, I the dude walking down the street with the giant top hat and cane. Yeah. By himself. Yeah. Who hasn't seen that guy? Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because like you see them and it's like they live there. Mm-hmm. they they grew up in the area. So they're they're used to these 
the, the, the people there. Mm-hmm. So it's not anything out of the ordinary. As we see with the naked guy sitting next to him, he doesn't even, it doesn't, doesn't even look at him. It doesn't phase him at yeah. all. He's like, you been for a while, man? Hella long. I've been waiting hella long. Mike's my, just my skate. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I wish Michael St. Michael's was in. I honestly thought that was Michael St. Michael's. Half a second I did too. He should have been in, he should, he should have been in this movie. Yeah, yeah no, right. that was that was honestly the last note that I read that I wrote before I and stopped. If you don't you're making a big mistake. Before I stopped, they did make before I stopped mistake. writing notes. Bullshit artist. I wrote I wrote this guy fucks and then I stopped writing. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but the play the play was really really cool and interesting. It was um, captivating. Like I, like I was on the edge of my seat when he started. Like when he turned into the preacher. When he started yeah, the first, preaching, the, the first part with its two characters playing by the same guy, I was I could uh, wasn't bought in quite just yet. But when he when he busted out the preacher character, I'm like, yeah, d- yeah, buddy. He's oh, lean, leaning into shit. and the preacher. I liked how the preacher was smiling along. Like, yeah. you got it, buddy. I <laughs> love that the preacher was even in the audience yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, he invited I, the, the the friends, the preacher, the. That's the part that really reminded me of Be Kind Rewind because mm-hmm. he does like the big wrap up kind oh, of play yeah. at the end. Yeah, he mm-hmm. talks about Fats Domino. Yeah, um, but then when he really when he starts like just making it a one on one conversation with Jimmy, I'm like, Ooh, what are you doing, dude? That yeah. was Why in front of everybody. Yeah, that yeah. was a little cringy. <sighs> like, and I mean, it was. And even Jimmy was like, you don't stop. You don't have to tell me. I don't need to know. Like, Because no. Jimmy already knew. Yeah, he knows already. But what's, like, even, what's even better than that is when he's downstairs with his dad and he's like, I already know. I just want to hear you say it. Yeah. And it's like, man, fuck you. But with, yeah. the, but with the dad that, comes in looking fly, by the way. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. Scumbag. <laughs> but yeah. with that said, though, I think that Montgomery knew that he already knew that it wasn't true. So it was for the sake of the art like to think, make everyone uncomfortable, including Jimmy what and a himself. Scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, I thought Mark Wahlberg was the uh, the rat. The whole time. <laughs> I, we're, we're, okay, we're not gonna get okay. Into that okay. <laughs> Trying to stir, stir in the pot. Yeah, yeah. It's on simmer right, right now. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I'm not gonna comment on that. Uh, <laughs> Look for the next middle class film class commentary episode on The Departed. That's right. God damn it. Um, but uh, I thought that the awkwardness for him directing the dialogue towards Jimmy, it mm. was like really isolating. It was kind of awkward and cringy, but to a point. It was. Mm. It was that. That was the point of his art. And it was more so to, I don't know, to be avant-garde, mm-hmm. um, to push, basically to push hit the emotions onto the audience. You think but, that whole thing was planned just to be Andy Kaufman? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the third act of this movie kind of loses me. A little bit. Are we in the third act right now? Yeah, we're we're well into it. Yeah, after the play, that's when the third act happens, and that's plays, kind of, plays in the third act. That's where I start getting lost. Just after the play. Yeah. Okay. Because there's no the seventeen there, minutes. There's nothing at risk. There's there's really no like 
conflict at that point. And then the ending kind of just kind of dissipates. And then it ends. It's, it's pretty heartbreaking because he leaves his friend, his best friend. Like he writes him that letter and he's like, thank you for being my best friend. Implying uh, that he'll never see him again. Because he, he, he takes the boat that we kind of see earlier in the movie when he, when Montgomery is like drawing or writing in his book. Comes a beach bum. And he takes that boat and he just sort of sails away in, in inland. He doesn't go out into the ocean. <laughs> he's he's, uh, he's, he's going to give himself a Viking funeral. Yeah. <laughs> and he that's just, where it lost me, though. He just, I mean, that's the last shot of the movie is like yeah. he's sailing away to Vacaville. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to the, the Delta. Yeah. He's going to go to Rio Vista, you know. But um, I just thought that was sad because like it's like they've known each other for so long. And like they've had only each other, basically. What's uh, what's the name of the place that the, uh, the elves and hobbits go to at the end of the Gray Havens? Yeah, he went to the Gray Havens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I really like the nod to Tolkien when he looks back and the boat goes <laughs> Gandalf, yeah, and then sails away. Um, yeah, he he goes back. Like the scene where he tells when Montgomery is like, "You can come back and live with us." He's like, "Can't go back there." And like he starts crying, and it's like, it's like, oh. Dang it, it, it Montgomery. Was yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like the very, very end with the boat and stuff. It was, I mean, it leaves it enough to be interpreted, but I, I did like their kind of wrap up on their friendship. It was very sweet. Yeah, and sweet, and sad, sad bitter, bittersweet because mm-hmm. he has to move on because he can't. He doesn't have the house. Doesn't have his dad. Doesn't have his mom. Not going to live with his aunt. So where's he yeah. going to go? I mean, I, I thought it's going to go live in IKEA in Emeryville. Yeah, I thought. That he's probably just gonna be a beach bum or a river bum, skate which, bum, skate bum, what have you. Uh, I thought that was a detriment to Jimmy's character. I thought Jimmy would have been a collaborator with Montgomery, and then they would have done like some sort of impact on the uh, theatrical scene in San Francisco. I thought that was going to happen, but mm. instead, it, Jimmy just kind of just fails. Into, Jimmy fails into the <laughs> into the bay, like like. Well, it would have been because I thought it was going to end with like him back. So he goes back to Montgomery's grandfather's house, and you mm. see him back in that room sleeping next to Montgomery. I thought that was going to be it, and I was like, oh, "Well, that's depressing." He's yeah. just back where yeah. he was, so he has to do something. He has to go somewhere. I'd, ra- I'd rather have the ending that actually happened than that, than it just cut to him sitting next to Montgomery in bed. Yeah. Because that's like, all right, well. That's hopeless. That's a hopeless ending. Yeah. He's got to do something, and he's going to do it, whatever it is. We're not privy to that. Yeah. We'll have to watch the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> last black man in oh, uh, Emeryville, or uh, last black man in Sacramento. In Rohnert Park. <laughs> uh, ratings? Yeah, so let's, uh, we've got to the end of the movie. Uh, let's talk about some gradings. Let's give it some gradings, Tyler. I would give this an A minus. Uh, this movie emotionally impacted me uh, very hard. Uh, it stuck with me. It's definitely in my top ten favorite movies that I've ever watched. I look forward to Jimmy Fails to being in other films or writing other films or writing. Yeah. What have you? Um, it only gets an A minus because of the ending, though. I think the ending was just 
I, I don't think they knew how to end this movie, but it doesn't matter because the whole journey to the end was just perfect. It was just perfect. Like I was, I was pausing this movie as I was watching it to like see the scenes that they were trying to set. Like uh, the uh, one scene in particular that I paused is when Jimmy is on the uh, BART or subway or bus. It's Muni. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, the bus. And the girls are talking about like, oh, I hate this city. Oh, uh, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Fuck San Francisco. And he's just like, you can't hate something unless you love it. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> and there's one shot where he's sitting there and he's like looking the opposite direction and there's a sign that says uh the seat is for like disabled or handicapped people mm-hmm. and it was like right above his head mm-hmm. and it was a perfect metaphor for his statement of you can't you can't hate something unless you love it so you um, hate this movie cuz you love it <laughs> I'm so true. I Wait, what is this movie? What does the disabled sign have to do with what he's saying? Well, <laughs> it w- <laughs> I'm not on your level, time. It was more so just okay. Well, you know, it was. I thought it was used very gratuitously. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Now just, you're on my level. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I was just he, more think. I was just more thinking like it was there's 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 like a symbolism to like a disabled sign with the speech that he was saying about the girls hating the city and him growing up in to the city. I don't know. Uh, I think maybe maybe an overall aspect of his character. He he like he could be considered like the disabled guy because he can't let go of the goddamn house. Yeah, let go, boy. Exactly. All right. Can I get my ready? So uh, A minus for me. I um, also say A minus. I agree with Tyler. I liked it a lot. Uh, I think there could be a little bit more uh, like activity to it. Um, not I, I would normally like say set pieces, but not something any like necessarily visual. Which like some th- more like compelling driving factors to the actual story. Um, I mean, he doesn't need it. It's still fantastic without it. But um, I really enjoyed the tone. I enjoyed the characters a lot. And I I was a few times thinking, man, I hope, I, I want to see whatever these two guys make next. Actors, right. acting, acting-wise, writing-wise, whatever. I, I really, I liked that whatever they were doing, they pulled off perfectly. And I really liked it. So um, <clears throat> this will be one that I will push on people and say, do not let it the trailer or the hype or whatever you've heard. Movie, yeah. yeah. Don't let any of that influence you because I was dreading kind of watching it like, okay, another like social justice sort of movie. That's probably going to like be really impactful and great, but just like sad and you know, depressing the whole time. But it was not that it was no. super, super yeah, it just brought joy to me. It's like an everyday man's movie. Yeah. I, uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So a minus, um, and I'm looking forward to whatever these people make again, including Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's Brad Pitt. He's got, 
He's got something. (laughs) (laughs) One of these days, we're gonna we're gonna hear more about this Brad guy in the future. Yeah, (laughs) EP this movie. Michael Pitt's uh, Long Lost Brother. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Pitt from Funny Games fame. Oh, my God. Michael, right. Michael Pitt could look like he, looks like he could be an arcade fire. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, I'm pretty sure that's... They, <laughs> Michael Pitt that was like... has they, uh, The lead singer of my, uh, Arcade Fire has a poster of Michael Pitt on his wall <laughs> in, his, in his bedroom. <laughs> um, Go ahead. So this is an... A movie for me, almost an A plus. Mm-hmm. Um, almost, I can yeah. I can kind of agree with the ending. It kind of just maybe fizzles out a little bit, but sure. at the same time, I feel like it fits with the rest of the movie. Yeah, um, it's almost dreamlike, and um, oh yeah, almost um, yeah, it is kind of dreamlike. Yet, like, did it really happen? No, we were, <laughs> we were talking about twists. You, you know, swallowed but, by a whale. Yeah. This is a biblical story, actually. Uh, he just ended up smoking crack with his mom at the end. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, it's it's like a beautiful movie, like sure. from beginning to end, I think. And it's a beautiful story about friendship and letting go of the past, um, moving on with your life. And even if it includes friends, friendships, um, it's can be sad, but if it's needed to for growth for yourself, I think mm-hmm. it's uh necessary. You know, it's it's very bittersweet. I did have sure. this kind of bittersweet, joyous feeling throughout the whole movie. The music cues, the acting, the cinematography, the story, all of it, and the acting too was just really well executed especially for uh from a director who's also in a punk band uh, it was so <laughs> it was last, so realistic last too. couple last couple of movies that you rated you said like b for boo what is a for in this one huh uh, you said like i'm gonna give ghost story a b for boo oh um an a for uh, uh awesome I don't, <laughs> I don't know i can't i didn't think that deep put you on the spot all right, cool. Um, but yeah, so yeah, really good. High recommend. Definitely, we'll be checking it out again. Can't stop thinking about that opening scene. Oh, I'll it's, probably rewatch that. It's burned in my memory. Just dynamite execution. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> really, really good. Um, wheel time. Wheel time. What do you have to replace on the wheel, Tyler Joseph? Um, well, I had a movie, and I'm. But since this de- departed discussion, let's no. just do. Let's we could do a we could do a, no. a commentary episode on the on the departed. I don't uh, know. I feel like. Well, I guess I'll have to watch it. We'll be watching it regardless. Yeah. Then, so I my movie will be a movie that I have not seen. It oh, is another one. It is called Destroyer. Oh, um, Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Right? Nicole Kidman movie came out recently last year, I believe. She got all ugly, a la monster. She got all. Ago, um, <laughs> that's fucked up. <laughs> let's see. Yeah, give us the rundown on Destroyer. It's on the wheel now. Starring Nicole Kidman, directed by Karen Kusama. <laughs> uh, a police detective reconnects with people from an undercover assignment in her distant past in order to make peace. No idea what that means. <laughs> um, but um, I've heard this is a. Pretty good time starring Nicole Kidman, Sebastian Stan, uh, Scoot McNary. 
Bradley Bradley Whitford. Ooh, I like Bradley Whitford. Um, Guess what else Karen Kusama directed that we just recently talked about? What's that? Jennifer's Body. Oh. Also, Aeon Flux and XX. XX. Uh, oh, is it that that XX is that that short anthology yeah. movie? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, I've been kind of it's streaming on Hulu, I believe. Yeah, it's on Hulu. All streaming right. and on the wheel. Let's uh, recap the wheel. We have Destroyer, the newest edition from Joseph. We have a fan pick, which I wanted to mention. We have a new addition to the fan pick. You want to add it? Pull out the pull out yeah, the list. Tyler. Add to, add to All the right. list, Tyler. All right, I will add it to the list right now. What what, what is this new addition? Listener Stacy wants us to put the Abyss, the aforementioned Jimmy Cameron uh, led movie, The Abyss, Stacey. with Ed Harris and some other guy. All right, Stacy, the Stacey. Abyss is added to the list. My top ten favorite drowning scenes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's got two, two of them in it. Yeah. All right, so that's uh, Destroyer, the fan pick, Alien 3 from Tyler, There Will Be Blood from Pete, Halloween from Tyler, Swallow from Pete, Kablooey from Milk, and Burning from Joseph. What episode is this? 57. All right, this is going to be for the movie we watch on episode 58. Oh, dear God. 58. Oh, uh, oh, there will be blood. There will be blood. Paul Thomas Anderson. All right. Wow. Daniel Day Lewis, DDL, and PTA. Oh my God. I Back can't, at it again. I can't <laughs> believe we. Oh, ah, I love this movie. I uh, can't wait to watch it and talk about it. So, uh, this, uh, this is the prequel to, um, I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> the, the prequel to Phantom Thread, uh, also starring Deanna Day-Lewis, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. This is from 2007. It's the story of Daniel Plainview, a silver miner turned oil magnate in the great American West in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Paul Thomas Anderson, one of the greatest working directors alive today. Just the best. Um, we got Inherent Vice, Punch Drunk Love, The Master... Um, Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. What else am I missing? Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread. Um, Just so many great yeah. movies. There's, I mean, yeah. it's really hard to. Oh, up uh, the streaming pick that I was going to mention earlier today. I have to say it now. Heart Eight was his first like big budget movie. Oh, hmm. still a low budget movie for Paul Thomas Anderson terms, but it was a feature length movie um, made after Coffee and Cigarettes, and it has um, John C. Riley and some uh, an old old time um, um, actor that plays like a kind of a mobster. Um, pretty good. It's interesting how like he's not really mentioned in like the like main the pantheon of yeah. like big name directors. Like he makes these like culturally iconic movies, but like there will be blood. Exactly, and it, boogie it, nights, <laughs> and boogie nights, and let's see Paul Allen's dick. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not really mentioned. At all. It depends. At the same time. Depends on the circle. Yeah, it, it, exactly. It depends on the circle. You get, uh, you get like uh, Scorsese, Steven Spielberg, uh, Harold Ramis. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say Ramis. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're Tarantino. There's different genre of director. PTA, PTA Paul Thomas Anderson, is always going to be in my top pantheon of directors. So, of course. I am really excited. And let me see if it's streaming anywhere. 
I, I doubt, doubt it. I doubt it too. I doubt it. Let's see. Perfect for Halloween. <laughs> well, I, I would say this is the perfect Thanksgiving. I don't know film. what we have planned for our Halloween episode. I think Halloween is on a Saturday, which is when we record oh, usually. Shit. Oh my God, it's on Netflix. Oh, cool. Oh, shit. Oh, wait, I have seen it on Netflix. <laughs> Everybody watch this movie. And, and listeners, your- get ready for our Halloween episode. Yeah, brace yourself Ooh. for the uh, church the church scene where he denounces uh, his child. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's the best. Favorite scene in all cinema for me. I feel like I am, I, I feel like we should force you to read that whole scene. Okay. Just by Done. himself. Done. Just <laughs> Bo- by himself. Both parts. Yeah. Yeah. Both parts. <laughs> I'll, uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be happy to. <laughs> I'll let, I'll let the rage out that's been boiling slightly below the surface all these decades. <laughs> <laughs> I'll think about Pepe when I'm saying it. I've abandoned my child. Uh, yeah. My Pepe, my boy. All right. Okay. Until next week, episode 58. Yes. When we review, there will be blood. Uh, give us an email, mcfcpodcast at gmail.com. Give us your selections. What do you, how do you like the last few episodes? What stuff are you watching? What, what have you? And follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash MCFC podcast. And follow us on Twitter at podcast MCFC. Follow us on Instagram at middle class film class podcast. Just, hey. just middle class film class. Oh, yeah. The uh, old IG. Uh, wow. At, at middle class film class. I don't know. I, I, yeah. Anyway, well, thank you for listening and yeah. see you next week. <laughs> see you later. See ya. Stop plugging holes in my twist, okay?